in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Thank you very much for tuning in again for another episode of As I See It. I'm here with none other than Dr. Jeff. I highly recommend, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, to search the hashtag, hashtag Keg, K-E-G, or hashtag Dr. Keg. Probably now that I'm saying that out loud, uh, Dr. Jeff, Keg probably won't pull the same searches as Dr. Keg. So the doctor probably makes... Yeah, I guess that's right. You know, in college, there was always a keg party when I showed up. There was always a keg party. (laughs) Today, we are going to um, talk a little bit more about a couple of the lessons in you and Dr. Susan's book, uh, One Patient at a Time. And today, we're focusing on uh, lesson number seven and eight. Uh, you and Dr. Susan title Lesson 7, you do a lot. Make sure your patients know it. Well, you've got to tell us a little bit more about that, Dr. Jeff. How are, how are we telling patients what's going on around here? Well, keep in mind that this was oriented towards patients, but also towards doctors providing care. One of the things that's, that uh, people in the health professions realize that may not be so known to patients are that we've got a lot of services to be able to offer to patients. And a lot of that weight and responsibility oftentimes falls on the doctor's shoulders. And so when you have a conversation with a patient about their eye health, let's say in this case, or their questions about eyes, we have so many things to try to connect them to. But as your practice grows and as you build your responsiveness to the type of things patients want, pretty soon that quiver has an awful lot of arrows in it for the doctor and it's very difficult for the doctor to be able to cover all of those and so we think it's really important to try to find some way to make sure that patients know all of the breadth of services that a doctor may provide that's what we're referencing in this make sure your patient knows because it's only when the patient knows that they can say that would be really valuable for my grandson. That would be really valuable for my dad, etc. Sure. You mentioned in here, during your examination today, I'm quoting from the book, we will be performing a number of important tests. They help us determine your refractive state. In parentheses, you put your prescription, your muscle balance, and your eye health. It's a force for the trees, right? If you're not in the industry or the business, that's why you put it in parentheses, your prescription. People don't understand what refraction means or what refractive state means. So to your point, kind of just walking through step by step what is actually happening when it's happening is extremely important. It is, and there are a number of ways to do that, of course. One way is that you make sure that each person in the in the stepwise process, the the nurse, the tech working you up explains, here's what we're doing, this is why, this is what this test does. Or you put some signage up next to the instrument so that patients can be less intimidated and say, oh, I understand what you're doing here. Right. And that the doctor would do the same thing. Maybe the optician needs to do the same thing. Maybe the person walking you out needs to reiterate with patient education. Uh, the type of things the doctor said. So there are a number of ways you can do it repetitively. One of the things we stress in this particular lesson is to try to collapse that all into something that welcomes the patient uh, into a quick one-and-a-half-minute video Mm -hmm. that says, 
welcome again. Here's who we are. Here's who we are now, and and talks about each of the different services so that there's a a just a first blush. And I liken that to uh, being on an airplane when everybody does the normal safety precautions, tells you how what what will be flying over, and you need to keep your seatbelt on. And right now you need to be wearing your mask. And here's how you buckle your seatbelt. And here's how your flotation device works. It, wouldn't it be nice in every different type of medical practice just to be reminded that here I am in cardiology. These are the services that we offer. This is what we do. Here's what you'll see here if you have that. Um, oh, did you know we do this? Here we are in eye care. Sure. We have an optical. We do contact lenses. We control or slow down the progress of myopia or nearsightedness for your child. Oh, we have vision therapy. Oh, we have sports vision. Oh, we have a traumatic brain injury service. Wow, probably not all of those things come up when we're talking in the exam room to a patient unless they have a specific need. And I'm not always sure that that, that that's good enough. I think that's responding to what patients know they need. It's not anticipating what they might not know mm-hmm. that they could use. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's it's. Um, I'm sitting here thinking of the difference in a, in a retail situation where you know in any general commercial they almost can't stop telling you all the things that they do and they don't focus on that one thing. Here it's almost a little opposite to your point. This goes into the next point um, when you say we we uh, we invest in state of the art equipment and I'm familiar uh, with uh, with OptoMap. I that's a, a very um, a great piece of technology that takes the digital image of the back of the eye and and having. Uh, only been to eye exams uh, before I started working here. I, you know, you come in the door and you know when you go to the eye exam, you, if you go to the dentist and you have a problem with your tooth, you're probably going to get gas and you're going to, they're going to fix it and it's going to, you're going to have a situation. Uh, at the doctor's office, if you're, or I'm sorry, at the eye doctor, when you're going in, um, you could paint a broad brush and say, well, I'm going to, they're going to put the drops in my eye and I'm going to see really bright lights and my pupils are going to get huge for a while. What people don't understand in this state of the art technology, especially uh, to your point here in lesson seven, if you don't tell them about it, they don't know um, that it's a, a digital image of the back of the eye. And we can see so much more today just by looking into your eyes versus, um, you know, 20 years ago by putting the drops in your eye. That's exactly right. And for a primary eye health exam, we're either going to use an Optos wide ultra-wide field digital image, or we're going to dilate your pupils. And there are advantages and disadvantages to both, but when I get my eyes checked, I use the Optos. Uh, If I need to hone in on something more specific in a 3D view with somebody, that's when I'm going to look with dilation. But I think we've really flipped the paradigm from everybody dilated which, quite frankly, we just accepted the hassle of blur and uh, maybe dangerous driving afterwards, and now into something which is, geez, patients much prefer, nearly 80% of our patients prefer to have the Optos exam rather than having dilation. Again, we're not going to skimp on any quality of care. When we need to be dilated, uh, you're going to be dilated, and you may have an Optos and and dilation, But one of the things I really, really like is any technology that can connect the patient to their own body. And one of the things that this allows with a digital image is for us to move around in the retina, walk inside, move around, show you blood vessels, show you your optic nerve, show you these things that you might in the past have had to imagine when I'm shining a bright light in your eye with dilation. Oh, I'm seeing this and this is what it looks like. But now you can see it firsthand and you can watch and monitor with me every single year. That really connects you to the importance of eye health and the type of things that we're really doing. So it takes away some of the mystery, which kind of gets back to 
just what what we said in this lesson, which is we do a lot of things. We assume people know those, right. but it's really important for doctors to let you know what we do, why we do it, what's available, and that's why we're working on a, a very definite uh short little video at the front that would update everybody each time they come in to give them some value-added time to let them know about certain services that then they could talk to their doctor about rather than the doctor having to bring up all of those things. Well, what about traumatic brain injury? Do you have anybody in your family that had a concussion or a car accident? Oh, what about dry eyes? Anybody have dry eyes? Those type of things. I think we miss the potential to help people just by the fact that we may not bring it up and people may not know we do it. Right. That's a very good point. And, you know, one thing, you know, um, we'll take out kind of the the preface here of um, pre- and post-COVID. We're not... um, in, in the same processes as say we were just a few months ago, but one thing that is that does come full circle here, in my opinion, is um, taking new patients and sometimes uh, existing patients on the tour of the office to that exact point to show them where the special testing is, to show them where their doctor's office is, to show them around the facility. And when I say full circle, I mean it's it's uh, fun and we can pat ourselves on the back saying that uh, right here in the practice. But when you see that come across in Google reviews, when people are when the patients are filling out surveys. And they're saying, I felt like I had comprehensive care. I felt like from beginning to end, everyone was on the same beat. Um, it, it just it, it exemplifies the point, if you will, of, of putting the lesson right here in the book of this is how uh, we provide excellent care and now hold us to that. Yeah. One of the things we experimented with first call on this, too, which was kind of interesting, was is this something that patients would want? And so it, typically we walk counterclockwise in our office, all right, from the reception right. area to the technical clinical area to the doctor's office to the special testing to optical, etc. And we said, okay, we wrote a very short script, maybe one line or two about each of the little departments or areas. And we said, we're going to walk patients clockwise. And we're going to tell them, oh, this is our optical. This is what we do here. Here's what we can complete for you in finishing lenses in the office. Here are our contact lenses. Here's our special testing. Here's our surgical counseling. Here's And so we, we did that. And then we would end up at the same place we normally start, back outside of the reception room in the clinical area. But we've taken a backwards flow so that we could explain everything. The first question was, do patients really want that? And the answer to that was, despite the fact that we made a very short one sentence or two sentence about areas, we found what we estimated was that that tour, that magical mystery tour of the mm-hmm, office, right. would take three, maximum five extra minutes. But we thought it might be value added. What we found was it was taking seven to 12 minutes or more because people were so interested. Yeah, sure. Oh, I didn't know that. Do right. you? And they would follow up with questions, which forced the, the technician to answer those. And so... That bogged down flow while we did those experiments, but what it reiterated to us was that, yes, this is valuable. If the if the tour only took two to three minutes, mm-hmm. then it was just a, it would have been just us talking. But the fact that people had questions and were interested in more says that's a, a, a real unmet need. And that's why I think one way or the other, it's important for doctor's offices to recognize that. Think about what are the unmet needs that my patient has and, and try to put something together to help them with that. That's a very good point. And I, I, I heard something earlier. I think the listeners heard it as well. You said reception. So I know we talk about this in previous uh, uh, episodes, but if you don't mind, and spend, spend a couple of minutes. Why Why do we call it the waiting room, Dr. Jeff? Yeah, because we don't want you to wait, and that's a mentality. So <laughs> that's, 
that's something we covered before, but I talked to everybody about, all doctors about that, that you know, if you want to really work on patient flow, then you need to have the right mentality. And that is that I don't want people just waiting and because that's inventory in the front office. Right. And uh, so if I see a lot of people just, quote, waiting, I know I have a backup, and that's not what we want. So we make sure that every staff member, every doctor, we never refer to that as a waiting room. That's a reception room. We want to receive you there. Right. The other thing, it kind of gets into the next lesson, which is number uh, eight, which talks about greeting the patient in the reception room. This is so endemic in medicine that you're going to chuckle and say, why the heck didn't we ever notice that? Mm -hmm. Typical reception room, or we'll say waiting room in a doctor's office, and and I'm going to use my dad who had cancer and remarkably recovered due to great clinical care, but I'm sitting in a room with with him in a wheelchair when he was very weakened and about probably 25 other people that also had somebody that was sick, couldn't ambulate on their own had their family member half of them were asleep okay because they just feel like crap Mm -hmm. and and so you can picture this kind of holding area with all these people sitting there a few old magazines and people just kind of existing very quiet and a nurse professionally trained comes to the door to take you back to the clinic and all of a sudden you hear johnson (laughs) like I would. I swear to you, three to five of the people that were near us, close to the door, popped up. You know, not that they stood up, but it's just like it almost woke them up. Right. And I thought that is the epitome of rude, non-courteous behavior. Mm-hmm. Why would I yell that? So what our rules are is we never do that. Our instructions are always to greet the patient in the reception room. We go up to you personally six feet distance now but we're going to say hi i'm jane right nice to meet you cole i'm going to get you ready to see dr kegaris for your eye health one year appointment today by the way who's this that you brought with you nice to meet you too i'm jane etc so greeting the patient in the reception room we think sets the tone for a personalized courteous visit and so the next time that you go to a doctor's office and you hear the typical what we call call from the door um, (laughs) i want you to think there's got to be a better way and you'll hear all kinds of arguments from doctors about it because first people will be defensive but then they'll go you know okay well if we really wanted to do that what would we have to do to make it work and that's where we help a lot of doctors there are some very simple steps to just make that work but what's most important is the strategy setting the priority that the patient comes first it may not be quite as efficient to take a few more steps for the office but you know what it's not for us it's right. for the patient so what a different them. experience to that point and it, it's it's uh, uh, interesting because i uh, had an outpatient thing about a week ago, and it was the exact same thing. And Dr. Jeff, they opened the door, and they didn't even cross the threshold of walking out into. They had a waiting room mm-hmm. <laughs> until they were waiting. They opened the door, and the yell was from the back room, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's my turn. Versus, you know, let's come in and let's walk back here together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the other thing is once we greet someone in the reception room, um, I always tell folks prior to COVID that that the person should be able to reach out and touch you on the on the back shoulder. Uh, you should never be more than that ahead of them otherwise you're they're tra- they're chasing you rather than walking with you and we want to walk with patients sure uh, and and be in conversation i mean we can learn a lot by talking with them even as we walk so something something to think about there 
So again, you're listening to As I See It. I'm here with Dr. Jeff Kegaris. He and his wife, Dr. Susan Kegaris, wrote the book One Patient at a Time, and we are talking about Lesson 7. You do a lot. Make sure your patients know it. What I wrote down here, Dr. Jeff, is you've got state-of-the-art technology. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is, as, a, as a business owner is be proud of what you're investing in that's bringing additional value back to your patients, back to your customers, and be proud of telling that to them. On uh, Lesson 8, greeting the patient in the reception uh, room and uh, the points that we just discussed there. So um, as always, thank you so much for your attention. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on your podcast. That really helps us reach more listeners. And as always, leave us a comment. Dr. Jeff reads every one of those comments every single week. Dr. Jeff, thank you. Thank you very much. If you're not a patient, you need to be here to get this type of care. And if you are a patient, hold us to these standards. Thanks a lot.